from WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello again, this is Burl Schwartz talking. Later, we'll meet a local man who figured out a musical way to spread some holiday cheer. First, though, what's likely to happen with the economy? We ask economics professor Charlie Ballard of Michigan State University. Charlie, uh, tell me uh, where you fall on the spectrum of uh, the economic uh, uh, sky is falling uh, to uh, Republican claims that we're on the right track. Well, clearly 2020 has been a very, very tough year, and I, I am very hopeful that we'll get some kind of additional relief through the Congress um, pretty soon. You, you look at the um, recovery from the staggering job losses in April. That recovery has slowed way down. It's getting slower every month. And now a lot of these benefits are scheduled to run out shortly after Christmas. I think if something uh, more is not done, um, two things. One, the macro economy will suffer. But more than that, um, it's not just about the unemployment rate and the rate of economic growth. It's about individual people and the people who are – hurt the most from this downturn are people with uh, who don't have a whole lot of cushion, don't have a whole lot of savings, um, baristas, people who work in uh, restaurants and bars and, and hair salons, and um, disproportionately female, disproportionately minority, and also uh, much more likely to come from low-income families. So it's been a very it's, – it's a recession that we've had this year that has uh, – exacerbated the long-term trend toward greater income inequality and I I don't that's not something that brings me any joy so I'm hoping that we can uh, uh, get something more done why do you think the Republicans uh, uh, well uh, let me ask you this do you think it's fair to blame Republicans for our not having another relief bill or is, is there more blame than that to go around? Well, I, I think certainly uh, anytime a deal isn't reached, you, you can point your finger at both sides. But I, I do believe that the uh, Republican caucus in the Senate is uh, has a lot of folks who really don't want to do anything about this. They're divided among themselves. There are uh, moderates in the Republican caucus who want to uh, see if they can strike some kind of a deal, but there are some very, some folks who are very stridently ideological, and um, they, uh, I think, would be just fine with no deal. So it's, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult situation. Um, I'm hopeful that, that the logjam can be broken. It's still, um, it's not too late, but um, here we are. You and I are talking to each other on December 11th. Christmas is only two weeks away. Um, benefits start to run out. Um, so um, I'm hopeful, but I'm not sure that I could say that I'm optimistic. We'll see. So we could be in for a dark winter, not just uh, 
not just on the COVID front, but the economic front? Uh, yes, and uh, I like the way that you put COVID and the economy together. I think some people have tried to say, well, there's COVID over here, and then there's the economy, and that's a separate thing. No, they're not separate. Um, we will never get the economy back to where I want it to be until we get this virus more nearly under control. And right now it is raging out of control. Um, it, there are, uh, and it's causing some, some shutdowns uh, that had been suspended earlier in various parts of the country. Um, it's renewing the kind of damage that we saw earlier in the year. Uh, so um, I, I really think, uh, unfortunately, President Trump has always viewed this the, as a public relations problem. It's not. It's a public health challenge, a public health crisis. And uh, I am hopeful that the Biden administration, in fact, I am optimistic that they will take it very seriously and that they will press hard for people to take reasonable measures to stop the spread of the virus and we'll distribute the vaccine. But between now and January 20th, a lot of damage is going to be done. We're losing 3,000 people a day. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it doesn't look like a great winter. The best piece of news is that at long last, the virus is, is getting the, rather, the, the vaccine is getting uh, close to widespread dis distribution, and that'll help. But um, these next few weeks are not looking good either for public health or for the economy. You're listening to WDBM FM, the impact here at 89 on the dial, 88.9 exactly. And we're talking to uh, MSU economics professor Charlie Ballard. Uh, Charlie, let's talk more about Joe Biden, uh, right man at the right time, uh, and if so, why? Well, he certainly uh, is the right man at the right time in one respect, and that is that he, I think the chaos and the uh, uh, craziness that we've seen in the last four years um, uh, will diminish. Uh, sad, sadly, um there's lots of indication that uh, Donald, the Donald Trump circus will not leave town. Um, he, even to this day, is uh, promoting the fantasy that he didn't lose the election. But Joe Biden is, a, is an experienced hand. You look at his uh, appointments to important uh, positions. They're people with experience. They're not cronies. They're not... Um, uh, uh, yes, man. There are people who will give President Biden and Vice President Harris the unvarnished truth to the best of their ability. Um, so at least in tone, the new administration, I think, will be a huge improvement. Uh, whether policies can change very much, that's not so clear, because remember, the American people on November 3rd fairly decisively rejected the Donald Trump show, but they did not reject um, moderately conservative policy. I mean, uh, the Illinois referendum on a graduated income tax failed. The California referendum on affirmative action failed. Um, so 
it's, uh, you know, uh, th- there were predictions back before the election that maybe the Democrats would get, would have commanding control in the House of Representatives and in the Senate and uh, an easy win for Biden. That didn't happen. Now, why, why, why do you think uh, uh, people who perhaps in the past voted against, uh, voted for Trump, voted against him this time, but why did they uh, not translate that into uh, voting for Democrats down ticket? Well, I think that they're, um, it, you know, I think people will be parsing that for, <laughs> for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least part of it is um, that uh, the Democrats may have oversold themselves um, and the Republicans succeeded in painting at least some Democrats as these wild-eyed, crazy left socialists, which, of course, is an inaccurate depiction of all but a very, very few of the Democrats. But um, I think that hurt the Democrats in in this election. Also, even though um, a lot of people, you know, the turnout was very heavy. And a lot of people who were fired up to turn Donald Trump out of office voted, many of them for the first time. But the Trump base was also fired up. And those folks, of course, uh, many of them voted for, um, uh, for Republicans down the ballot. But then you look at Maine, where Susan Collins, the incumbent Republican senator, outpaced Donald Trump by 18 points. And that's got to be um, uh, partly, um, you know, a, a kind of let's not rock the boat uh, sentiment. I think it was a mix of a whole variety of things. Uh, but now you've got a situation where um, if the Democrats win both of the uh, Georgia seats on January 5th, they still will be in a very narrow position because there will be a 50-50 tie in the Senate. Yes, Vice President Ken Harris can break a tie, um, but um, even one defector, if all the Republicans stay together and Joe Manchin votes with the Republicans, then the Democrats lose in the Senate. So it's, it's going to be tricky. I think a lot will depend upon whether Mitch McConnell decides to try this scorched earth policy that he ran in the Obama administration or whether he wants to be a little bit more pragmatic and constructive. Well, very good, Charlie Ballard. Uh, Thank you so much for being on City Pulse, and uh, have a good holiday season. Thank you, Burl. It's always a pleasure, and you have a good holiday, too. Thanks. This is City Pulse on 89FM, The Impact. I'm Burl Schwartz. Tom Heideman wanted to spread some Christmas cheer this holiday season, knowing that 2020 hasn't exactly been a cheerful year. He asked a plethora of Lansing musicians to participate in socially distanced recording sessions. The result was, is Singing Peace, a Christmas song by Tom Heidemann and Friends. Here's reporter Cole Tunningly with the story of how it all came about. When Tom Heidemann first started strumming the chords to his Christmas song, Singing Peace, he didn't know what would become of it. To stay safe during the pandemic and record a new song seemed like an impossibility. But when he looked around himself and saw a world filled with negativity and sadness, he decided that everyone could probably use a little bit of Christmas cheer. 
So he was going to find a way to record this song and gift it to the world. It was just an idea I was kicking around, you know, uh, on the guitar. And, you know, I just kind of wondering if I should even attempt to do such a thing. You know, the, the world is, I just kind of felt like we're going through a lot of unprecedented stuff here. And this whole COVID thing is, you know, unprecedented. We haven't experienced this over 100 years since a pandemic like this. Before the pandemic started, Heidemann played music with his wife Mary at different coffee shops. They performed under the name Tom and Mary. When he was trying to figure out how to go about recording Singing Peace, he decided that the song should involve more than just him and his wife. Heidemann wanted to include other Lansing musicians in the process. He was going for a big, bright sound, and to achieve that vision, he was going to need a lot of help. Over a dozen musicians answered his call, including members of local bands Tell Yo Mama, Smooth Daddy, and Mouse Medicine. So I called various musicians that I know. You know, our son plays in the band called Tell Yo Mama. They're pretty popular around town. And that, Marty, our son, is playing the saxophone on that track. Yeah, I, so the idea of just getting more musicians involved kind of came to me. It's like, well, if I do this, the more musicians I get, the more chances people will hear it, and you know it'll it'll become bigger just by that by the factor of having more people involved. So then I, I called on quite a few people, and, and most of them said yes. There were some people that didn't, had time issues, but you know I got uh, some uh, some musicians that I've known a long time. Look at the drummer; his name is Mike Daniels. All the musicians around town know Mike. Pipe Piper, <laughs> he's, he's done shows and, and recorded with tons of people. With his cast of musicians assembled, Heidemann began the recording process. Recording during COVID was a unique challenge for him. He'd never had to put together a song without a chance for a full band rehearsal. But because of social distancing guidelines, the band could never meet up in full. They had to make do. Recording was kind of a process with COVID, you know, we had some some setbacks, you know, under normal circumstances, I probably would have just gotten everybody together at least one time to sing it through as a, as a choir, you know, just stand there and sing it and record it two or three times. You know, we weren't, we weren't given the chance to do that. You know, with the studio, you could only go in, you know, a couple people at a time. Mm -hmm. So we, we went to Troubadour recording. That's where it was recorded. I just kind of had a vision for it. I wanted it to be big and have a big fat sound on the end and feel like the whole world is singing, singing peace. I don't know if I accomplished that, but I tried. At Troubadour Recordings, engineer Corey DeRuscia helped put the track together. Heidemann and his bandmates had to use technology to communicate with each other and exchange recordings. For example, when the piano player missed a recording session because he had to get a COVID test, Heidemann just asked him to send in his part over email. This was a first-time experience for Heidemann, who said that he prefers to get things done the old-fashioned way. So much of this was done digitally. You know, I sent him a little demo that I did on my own little home laptop. And I sent it to everybody. I said, well, here's the song, learn it, and then come on in to the studio and we'll kind of piece it together. So that's how I did it. I mean, that's how I did it with everybody. I, I never really 
went to anybody's house and just sang the song for them. I did it digitally. And that to me was is just a whole new way of doing things, you know. I guess I'm an old school guy, you know. I'm just used to just taking my guitar to your living room and I'll sing it for you and put it down on tape and <laughs> Heidemann and friends aren't going to reap any profits from singing peace. Instead, all the money they raise selling the song will be donated to the Greater Lansing Food Bank. Heidemann said that he knows this has been a tough year for basically everyone. Releasing Singing Peace was his small Christmas gift to the world. Yeah, I just, you know, I just decided, let's try to do something bigger with this and, and you know, get my, my little Christmas gift to the world, maybe. At least my small part of the world, you know. If there's any money to be raised, it would go to the charity, and I just felt like doing something a little more positive because of all that we're going through with the COVID and the political unrest. The world, the world, 2020 has been a terrible year for all kinds of reasons. I just wanted to do something that was happy and fun, and you know, a song that I think you know it's kind of catchy. I mean, you could probably sing along to it without much trouble. He's right. The song is pretty catchy. To go along with their catchy tune, Heidemann and Friends released a music video that gives people a look at the recording process. It features videos from their live sessions at Troubadour Studios, and more intimate self-shot videos of the musicians performing in their homes. Members of the band helped put the video together. Mike Loomis, the guitar player, and his and the other one of the other singles, Molly Ray Hamilton, they're a couple and they have their own uh, video production service called uh, Light It Up Media. So they they kind of came to all the recording sessions and, and filmed some things at the studio. And Mike Loomis really put this video together. He kind of took what people sent in plus what he had filmed. So we did. there were some shots from the actual Troubadour recording, but most of the shots were either sent in through the smartphones or things that Mike and Molly filmed. Like our part is in our living or in our in our kitchen. <laughs> and Mary and I are in our kitchen. Mike Daniels is singing in our kitchen. But everybody else, pretty much from their home, they just sent in some things. The video has a cheerful, infectious energy. It features band members joyously singing in front of their Christmas decorations. You can also get a sense from the video of the massive amount of effort and talent that went into recording singing piece. It truly took a village to raise this Christmas song. You can watch that video on Tom Heidemann's YouTube channel. That's Tom, H-E-I-D-E-M-A-N. You can also find the song on Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon. Heidemann truly just hopes that this song helps bring some positivity into the world. Like I said, I just wanted to give something positive out there because 2020 is just such, been such a terrible year for everyone. I thought, whatever I can do in my small way to you know, make the holidays a little more fun, you know, that was, that's really my intention. You know, if the food bank can get a little money, you know, even better, you know. And now you get to hear the song. Here's Tom Heidemann and friends performing Singing Peace, a Christmas song. <laughs> 